When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Is the Dan Grasso Show. As a Jet fan, when was the last time that you ever heard your head coach realistically stand up there to an assembled gathering of media and talk about that team, the Jets, being part of a select group of clubs in the NFL that could win a championship? That's the Jets. It's great Rodgers is here. It's great that the Jets have this confidence and these expectations because they should. 100% they should. But it could all come crashing down if something happens to this guy. And I know that it's maybe not a situation you want to think about and a possibility you want to delve into, but it's just the reality of the situation. That's how fragile things are right now. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. 60 more minutes of outstanding sports talk conversation. And then we'll hand things over to Gordon and Larry. They will take you the rest of the night. Short show for us tomorrow because uh, we got game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. Didn't know if there was going to be a game five of the Eastern Conference Finals. If you were a betting man, you probably thought that there wasn't going to be before last night. But shout out to the uh, Boston Celtics for kind of restoring a little bit of pride in themselves and in the franchise and going down to Miami and winning that game and extending the series, getting it back up to Boston for a game five. So we'll be on with you tomorrow. 7 to 8.30, our 90-minute extravaganzas, and then we'll have a full show for you on Friday to send you off into the Memorial Day weekend, holiday weekend. I don't know, maybe it's because I wasn't feeling well, you know, for the last few days, and it was kind of laid up. I just, I mean, not that I have anything, like, super great planned anyway, but this this weekend, the holiday weekend, just kind of, like, snuck up on me. Like, I'm not, normally, like, in the past, when Memorial Day weekend is, is coming here, you're like, all right, let's, you know, let's, kick off summer, you know, let, let's blow it out or whatever. No, but it's just kind of, eh, you know, whatever. It's another weekend. It is what it is. Just not, nothing fancy. That's how I'm kind of looking at it. But nevertheless, it's supposed to be at least decent outside. So you'll be able to uh, enjoy the outdoor weather, which is always a good thing here. And a guy who's going to be able to enjoy the outdoors, enjoy the weather and all that stuff, and whatever he so chooses is our pal Carmelo Anthony, who decides to hang it up officially uh, in what a career is going to easily end up in the Basketball Hall of Fame, and rightfully so. Remember, we didn't see him this past year, so his last uh, appearance on an NBA floor was with the Lakers a couple of seasons ago. But at least in these parts, he's always going to be thought of, of course, for the six and a half years that he spent wearing a New York Knick uniform, all-star each one of those seasons. Remember, won a scoring title. He was all-NBA a couple of those years. He was third team one, second team another Made three straight playoff appearances with the Knickerbockers. Of course, the best run was in 2013. That team that won 54 games under Mike Woodson. Made it all the way to the second round before they bowed out against the Indiana Pacers and essentially just ran out of gas. Um, You know, but he's a guy who you think about his career. And maybe not so much from a New York perspective, but just like as, as a whole with basketball, right? Came into the league in 2003 in that LeBron Wade Bosch draft, right? So you're always going to be compared to your contemporaries and your peers. Always. 
And LeBron becomes, you know, one of the greatest of all time. Wade is a guy who carved out, of course, a Hall of Fame career in his own right, won multiple championships, and became an icon with the Miami Heat. You know, Dwayne Wade became the best player in Miami Heat history. I know LeBron James was on that uniform, but when you think Miami Heat, it's Dwayne Wade. You know, he essentially spent the better part of his whole career. LeBron, I think of LeBron, I think of him as a Cleveland Cavalier. Right, and then you have Chris Bosh. Bosh, who you know, is also going to go to the Hall of Fame. He might even be there already. I don't even know. I, I don't keep track of the Hall. Basketball one is impossible because it's it's not just the NBA Hall of Fame. It's all walks of basketball life, high school, college, international, whatever. So it's it's impossible to keep track. But nevertheless, the thing that's going to be held against Carmelo is the fact that he never made it to the forget about winning the championship, never made it to the NBA Finals. Only made it to one conference finals in his career, and that was with the Denver Nuggets way back in the day. But as we've seen, there's a lot of great players, legends, Hall of Famers, all-time greats who've never won a championship, right? We don't think any differently about Patrick Ewing in this town because he never won a championship. The guy did everything he possibly could to get that team to a title. Unfortunately, he just kept running into some guy named Jordan more often than not. And then they get to the finals that one year that Jordan stepped away and, you know, they lose in game seven. John Starks can't make a shot. We don't have to revisit that. But Melo was a guy that, you know, unlike, let's say, some players that we watch now on a regular basis, he's not somebody who disappeared in the playoffs. I mean, he, he, he was a good playoff performer. There wasn't a hell of a lot of drop-off from regular season Carmelo to playoff Carmelo. He was pretty consistent. Now, look, there were there some things that he'd like to have back? Yeah, uh, of course. You know, the Linsanity period probably did not reflect too well on a guy like Carmelo, how that whole thing was received by him. I think we know that. Um, if you're asking me, and I even said it back then, the mistake that he made probably, if he wanted things to end a little bit more favorably here um, with the Knicks, is that the mistake was made by signing that extra extension when Phil Jackson was around, right? When Phil Jackson came and they decided to sign him, or, you know, they both decided to sign up again for another tour of duty, that's when things went south. Because remember, there were rumors, and even Carmelo admitted, didn't you know, he, he thought long and hard about signing with the Chicago Bulls. Maybe he would have been best served going out to Chicago. And then just kind of, you know, cutting his losses, if you will, as a member of the Knicks. That might have been the best breakup time, but it wasn't. So now a guy's career is over, and all the flowers and all the congratulations and all the credits and everything is thrown a player's way. So next up on the list is, well, you're going to retire the guy's jersey or not, right? Because that's the only thing that still is left to be answered when it comes to Carmelo. You retiring the jersey or not, yes or no? And what I've said about that, yeah, sure, why not? You know, I, I think he's deserving for everything that he did as a member of the Knicks. You know, despite the fact they never went to the finals and never, you know, won the big prize, he performed admirably as a member of the Knicks franchise. But, and I say this with peace and love, but if you're going to retire Carmelo Anthony's jersey, you have to do it after you retire Bernard King's jersey first. Plain and simple. Okay? And I know that some of you are not old enough to have remembered when Bernard King played for the Knicks in the 80s. And it was a short stint. 
All right? It wasn't as long as Carmelo was here with the Knicks. Bernard King didn't win a championship and didn't bring the Knicks to the finals either. And unfortunately, his career was cut short because of injuries, including his Knicks tenure. And he really only played three seasons, if you want to say, like, you know, available, three available seasons with the Knicks. But Bernard King was special, okay? Bernard King at his peak was a better Nick than Carmelo Anthony was. He was, okay? Bernard King, in three seasons with the Knicks, two of them, he was first-team All-NBA, okay? Which means he was one of the top five players in the damn sport. Two-time first-team All-NBA. Won a scoring title. How is his number 30 not up in the rafters? So, you know what? You want to put Carmelo 7 up there? Be my guest. But make sure you have a ceremony also to make sure that 30 and King are up there as well. Because that's been way, way long overlooked as far as I'm concerned. And that's why when Carmelo called it quits, you know, you use it as an opportunity to educate and use it as an opportunity to kind of maybe keep the conversation fresh again like, all right, Carmelo was great, and Carmelo was a great Nick, and he should be honored and revered and all these other things. But let's not forget about some that came before, i.e. Bernard King, who was also pretty damn special and pretty damn great in his own right. You know, and you see Bernard King now showing up to these big Nick games, and he's sitting there running underneath the basket courtside. They're welcoming him back into the fold here, which is nice to see. And maybe they give him a night as well. <clears throat> you know, the Ra- it's funny. The Rangers have all these, you know, retired numbers and so on and so forth. They maybe, you know, try to correct some of the wrongs from guys who played, you know, 50, 60 years ago. They bring them back and they retired the numbers in the last few years. Nick should do the same thing. Should do exactly the same thing. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Richard is in Manhattan. He is uh, up next here on 98.7. Hello, Richard. How are you? Dan, uh, Carmelo, it's borderline. You know, I look at a guy like Bob McAdoo. He was similar to Carmelo with the Knicks. I don't know. Bernard King, three years, not enough to retire a guy's number up in the rafters. Now, Bernard King, in my opinion, had the greatest two weeks I've ever seen in New York sports history. He beat the Detroit Pistons in the 684 playoff single And then they took that Celtic team to seven games. And he scored, what, about 35 a game? Dan, Dan, let me interrupt you. Not only did he take the Celtics to seven games, he took four four Hall of Famers on the Celtics. You don't got to tell me. Parrish, Dennis Johnson, Mikhail, and Bird mm-hmm. took them to say. But still, it's only three years. And average I mean, about 35 a game uh, in yeah, that he, playoff yeah, run. Three, you know, you can't put the guy's numbers up in the rear unless he – I mean, what about Sprewell? He brought us to a championship game, you know, championship he series. He was two-time first-team All-NBA, Richard. Think think about some of these other franchises, and I don't, I don't, I don't have them in front of me. But think about some of these other franchises that retire. Like, if I'm not mistaken, and and Harvey and Joe can look it up for me, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, I think, if I'm not mistaken, retired Wade Boggs's number. Why in the hell would they do that? You know what I mean? So, like, there are players who've had numbers retired by teams which have done a fraction of what guys like Bernard King did for the New York Knicks. Right, but still, it, the fact is, three years, it's three or four years. It's for the fans. Years. 
It's for yeah, the fans. Well, it's not like you have to pay a penalty right. or anything. But, but, all right, Dan. Now, as far as, I mean, Bob McAdoo was a good Nick, and he was a scoring leader. Not as good as Bernard Bob, King was. No, 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 no. Well, with Bernard King, yeah, correct. But it was too – and then uh, Carmelo. Now, Carmelo would be a first ballot Hall of Famer because he did – in what, what he did in college, the only guy that was close to him in my 60 years was Danny Manning. And Danny Manning wasn't a freshman. There's never been a freshman that led a team, and it never will happen again because if he was that good, he wouldn't be in the college to begin with. So there's never been a freshman that led a college team to a championship. Not Nobody. Nobody. Michael wasn't the man on that North Carolina team. Magic couldn't do it his freshman year. Did his sophomore year. Nobody ever did. Uh, Danny and Danny Manning. Well, uh, Danny Manning was the last guy to do it by himself, and he wasn't a freshman. So but he'll get in the Hall of Fame for that. I mean, for what he did, in, and then you got the Olympics too. So he's a first ballot Hall. He was a great scorer. I never thought of him as a great player. He was. He was not a. You're great talking passer. about Carmelo? You mean? Yeah, Carmelo was not a great. Yeah, he passer, was. You know what he was. Richard, he was a tremendous, a tremendous scorer. Like you said, he was a volume shooter, and I thank you for the phone call. And look, when you score that many points, you're going to have to take a lot of shots. And he took shots. And, you know, some of the things that we accuse Julius Randle of and how the offense just stops when the ball gets in his hands, you know, Melo was accused of that too when things weren't going well. We knew that with the iso ball and so on and so forth. But you know what? The guy could score. Guy was a scorer. And he didn't apologize for that. You know, you weren't you weren't looking at Carmelo as an all-round player in his defense. No, he he was there to score and to shoot. And you know what he did? Did that as well as anybody in his generation. I mean, he's he hung him up. He's a top ten scorer in the history of the NBA. But by the way, just to just to again to educate, okay. The two years that that Bernard King was All NBA first team, eighty four and eighty five. Here was the All-NBA team that year, okay? 84. Isaiah, Magic, Larry Bird, Kareem, Bernard King. That's where this guy was. That's the company this guy was keeping, okay? Julius Irving and Moses Malone were second team that year, okay? And those guys are legends, legends. Here's the 85 team, All-NBA. Isaiah, Magic, Bird, Moses, Bernard King. Holy crap. You know who was on the second team that year? Kareem. Some guy named Jordan. Again, you people, some people, just because you didn't see it, Bernard King was great, and it's a dan- – like, we always ask that question, you know, if you can have one athlete to go back and, and have his career not be ruined because of injuries, and you say, what if? You know, we're talking about all these guys, you know, with, with the legacies and the records and the statistics and this and that. How many more points would this guy have scored if he was healthy? And what type of career would this guy have ended up having if he stayed healthy? But when he was healthy and when he was on the court and he was at his peak, he was right up there. He didn't take a back seat to many. And that's why when you're talking about the Knicks, okay, he only did it for three years as a Knick, but two of those years, and all three of them were great years, but two of them specifically, he was all NBA first team. He was like on the Mount Rushmore of the NBA for those two years. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? 
your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. And retiring numbers, it's not like, you know, like each franchise is given like a certain designation where you can only do five. No, you, you do whatever you want. Look at the look at the joke that the Yankees have made out of it. You know, they're going to have Anthony Volpe retirement night, I think on August 3rd or something. They're going to give him his already. It does it's for the fans. You know, that's a way to pay tribute to the guys who actually laid the foundation for the present day, once upon a time. There's nothing wrong with that. Celebrate your franchise's history and existence. You know, they should do more of that stuff. Glaber, by the way, two-run home run, 2 nothing Yankees in the bottom of the third. 800-919-3776. More of the Knicks calls. More of the mellow calls. And what do we make of LeBron's comments after the game the other night when the Lakers season ended? Is he really going to walk out the door? Dan Gross' show till 10 on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking hoops, talking mellow, his career, perspective, retirement, future, all those things. I can't believe, though, it was 20 years ago that he came into the league and that draft class. And, you know, what Richard was saying, too, I mean, what he did in his one-and-done year at Syracuse and delivering them that national championship was incredible, the run that he went on that year. And, you know, Syracuse has a new library to show for it now with Carmelo's name on it. You know, a nice little donation. Get a few books in there, so on and so forth. But, um, and he just carried it over into the NBA. He really did. It was, he had a great career. You know, he wasn't a bust by any stretch just because he didn't win a championship. And that's why we got to get away from that stuff when just defining a guy's career based on whether his team, you know, won a championship or not. It, it's just, it, it couldn't be farther from the truth. But you think the Pistons are having a woulda, coulda, shoulda at this point, right? You think back to that draft. LeBron was the no-brainer first pick. And then the second pick was Darko Milicic, who everybody thought was going to be like the next great thing. And he, of course, you know, didn't work out. And then you had Melo go to the Nuggets at number three. So think about what Detroit had the, the pick of the litter that year. You know, they had Mello on the board. They had Wade on the board. They had Bosch on the board, among others. All those guys would have worked out better than – hell, I would have been a, be- a better pick than Milicic. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. And I don't even think I was playing competitively at that point any longer. But nevertheless, you know, 
But what's funny about it, think about it, 2003, and the Pistons were a championship team. And they whiffed miserably on that draft choice because they took Milicic as a project. He was a guy who wasn't going to play anytime soon. He was going to sit because they had a veteran team. Like I said, they had a championship caliber team already. And he was going to you know, sit and learn and watch from those guys, but never worked out. It just never did. Uh, let us go back to the phones and let us say hi to Jacob and me, who's up next here on 98.7. Jacob, how are you? Jacob. Hey, man. How you doing today? What's up, Jake? How you doing? I've been all right, man. So, um, Mellow, and I've been on the um, I've been on the gate on the retirement of his number thing as a Knicks fan. Um, but I'd say, yeah, I'd say as fan appreciation, I'd say get him in. Um, I know Dolan loves him. For the better part of a decade, he was the only bright spot that we had. He was extremely exciting when he came when he came over to the Knicks from Denver. Um, not, you know, partly is his fault. A lot of things he could have done better in terms of being a better player and of being, you know, a little more coachable. Um, but, you know, again, it was a dark time for the Knicks. And when he came in, he brought a great bit of excitement. And he always came to play. He always gave you that. You knew what you were getting with Carmelo Anthony. At the end of the day, even if we lost the game, we'd get 30, 35 points from it. I know it's a low bar, but we are talking about the Knicks. So um, I, I would definitely retire his number. Bernard, too, for that matter. But um, Carmelo had a lot of great years with us. And when we did put something that looked like a quality team around them, we did go to the playoffs and we were a bit of a force. We were just a little long on the tooth and a little old. But, um, yeah, I, I would I would actually love to see his number retired. And I think it will happen. You know, Jacob, I really do. And I thank you for the phone call. And, and you know, there have been kind of some rumblings out there that – Maybe there have already been some avenues that have been explored by the organization even before this announcement by Carmelo to hang it up, that this is maybe the direction they were looking to go. So I would be, um, I would be surprised if it doesn't happen in the not-too-distant future. I'm not saying this upcoming season, but probably in the next couple of years, I would say. A lot of, you know, a lot of players, and I, I don't know if Melo's going to be this type of guy. Probably not, because Melo was present. Remember, he was at the playoff games, but... A lot of guys, when they retire, they like to just get away from the game altogether. They like to just, you know, go live their lives, move far away from even, you know, where they played and, where, you know, their, their work life they called home and that type of stuff, just to kind of distance himself, you know, get that buffer. Like, for example, a guy like David Wright. Like, David Wright, you barely see him around here anymore. He, he lives out in California. He's got a, a young family, and he hasn't come. Like, they had the old-timers day last year. David Wright didn't come back because I don't think he's ready to embrace that post kind of retirement baseball chapter of his career yet. And that's why I don't think the Mets have retired. His, his number will get retired. You know that. So I think they just like to let these things breathe a little bit, and who knows if that's going to be the case with Mello. Remains to be seen. Uh, Steve in New York, up next here on 98.7. Stevie, how are you? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Hey, Steve. Um, as far as far as the mellow thing, like the gentleman said before, I am so on the fence with him. Uh, yes, he had a great career. Yes, he's 10th mm-hmm. in scoring. But that 10th in scoring will be probably 15 to 20 in about five years, not in a hold. But my knock on mellow was not making people around him better. 
And yes, he was a scorer, volume shooter, and all that. But this, like you said, um, with Randolph, that he does the ball stopping. He, to me, he was an individual winner, but not a team player. And the other thing I definitely agree with you was Bernard King. I was there. I'm old enough to know oh, Steve. the impact that Bernard King had Steve, on New York. Steve, fix the oversight, Steve. They have to fix it. Mm-hmm. Have to. Yeah, they have to. And he and he's been an ambassador. It's not like, you know, there was some hiccups with Bernard King. He's been right. an ambassador for the league, but more importantly for New York. But Mello, no, I, 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 we're watering it down too much at this point. When you retire a jersey, in my opinion, it's, you, you, there has to be an impact. And I'm not talking about wins and losses or championships. I get that part. But there was one thing, and I'll, I'll make this real quick. Uh, they put the mic in front of Mello one time, and they said, this is after the Lynn Sanity thing, because he was coming off an injury. And they said, Mello, uh, who's taking the last shot? You or, Lynn, or Jeremy Lynn? He looked at them and said, ha-ha, I am. That, to me, said a lot, because he was always interested in looking good, whether they yeah. win or lose. That's my knock with Mello. Thanks for taking my call. Stevie, I appreciate the phone call. Hey, look, here's the thing. And, and, and look, what Steve said, I agree with a lot of it, to be quite honest with you. I do. But if you, it's not a situation where we're sitting here saying, you know, should Carmelo be considered one of the 50 greatest players of all time? Like, that's an argument. Right? Like, I know he was on the All-75 team, granted. But, like, if you want to narrow it down even more exclusively, like, even though this is a guy who finished top 10 all-time in, in, in the league's history in scoring, if you want to sit there and say, was he really, truly one of the 50 greatest players of all time, that's a good discussion I think you can have some good back and forth with. Because, to Steve's point, individually put up the numbers, but did he make the others around him better? Then you factor in some team success, you know, like deeper conversations. Like, you're going to have to put, for example, there's going to be guys who have won more and been a part of championship teams who are maybe not as talented individually than a guy like Amelo would be, but will be thought of on a higher scale because they contributed more to championships, right? It's just the way it goes. It's the nature of the beast in, in all sports, but specifically basketball. But as far as the number retirement thing, remember, it's unique to the organization one, and it's something that is really for the fans, it's almost giving the organization an excuse to throw a party for their fans. That's what retiring a number is, right? That's all this thing is. And there's different players that mean different things to different clubs. Like I mentioned it earlier, you know, in baseball, Wade Boggs, when I think of Wade Boggs, his career, I think of him as a Red Sox, all right? Then there's going to be other folks who are maybe a little bit younger that remember Wade Boggs, the Yankee, and he was a part of the 95 champs, or the 96 champs, excuse me. And the guy who was riding the horse with the police officer around Yankee Stadium when they beat the Braves on that Saturday night. Right? But then when the Yankees were done with him, he wanted to continue playing, and he went down to Tampa Bay for the fledgling Tampa Bay Devil Rays. And he was a player for them for a couple of years, nothing special. You know, he lost a lot off his fastball, obviously. But just for the two years he spent in Tampa Bay, the Devil Rays retired his number. You say, what the hell did they retire his number for? He didn't do anything for them. They sure as hell didn't win. And it's not like he was one of the best players in the game anymore at that point. But they did. You know, and it's just for the fans. 
Uh, and uh, you know what, guys? Let me bring back one just from last year here in our city. What about the Mets retiring Willie Mays' number like they did at Old Timers Day? Was that warranted? Okay. Willie Mays was a shell of himself when he came to the Mets. Didn't spend the hell of a lot of time here at all. But the owner made him a promise, as the <clears throat> story goes, or at least the one that they spun that day uh, at Old Timers Day. And so they retired his number. But it's not something that I'm going to lose sleep over. I'm a Met fan, sure, but all right, Willie Mays, he was one of the greatest of all time to, to, to ever play this game. Greatest living ball player that we have right now. But he wasn't a great Met. He wasn't even on a Met for a long time. So when you go to City Field now and you see that number 24 up there, is it something I'm going to lose sleep over? Is it something I'm going to, like, you know, want to gouge my eyes out when I walk into the ballpark? No, who cares? It's, 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 it is what it is. So by that standard, Mello's completely different with the Knicks. This is a guy who was here for a good enough time. He performed at an extremely high level. He was consistent enough to where he probably deserves to get his number retired. Joe, Leo, we were talking to her in the break, and Joe's younger, you know, and he fits in that age category to where, you know, if you're a fan or whatever, when he came over to the Knicks in 2011, that's right in your wheelhouse. So if you're like in your teens or something like that or, you know, your early 20s, you, you appreciate the career a little bit more. And he was kind of like that guiding light for you. As a Knicks fan, you know, like dark times, and here is this superstar – the, the, the New York product who wanted to come home and I'm coming home and all the video tributes and he wanted to wear the uniform. Remember, the Nets put together a better trade offer to Denver. Let's not forget that. The Nets offered the Nuggets a better package, but Melo held them hostage and that's why they chose the Knicks package. Make a long story short. So, you know, younger fans, I think, hold Melo in greater appreciation because, like, he was their guy. Now we have somebody that we could call our superstar wearing a Nick uniform. And I think that's where that kind of sentimentality kind of generates talking about number seven. All right, good discussion. More calls, 800-919-3776. Dan Gross' show, we roll to the top right here on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. Tino is in Staten Island. He is up next here on 98.7. Tino, how are you, bud? Dan, always a pleasure. 
it seems like I haven't talked to you since like the next loss. I think we did talk once, but I think we got disconnected when we were talking about the recap of the season. Probably last and, week, um, right? Yeah. I went to the, yeah, sometime last week. So Dan, um, if you want, the more I look at the Eastern Conference, the way it's set up right now, the Knicks are not far apart from competing with these top teams. They're right there. And the more I think about it, Dan, is I really want to run it back with the same unit with some minor tweaks. Because I think we're really close. And another year with IQ probably getting better. Um, the younger guys, Deuce, obviously Jalen, you know, well, you know what he's going to bring. I'm still high on Randall because you can't find 25, 10, and 5. They don't grow on trees. Only two other guys that did that this year was Embiid and Joker. So, I mean, yes, has his playoffs been lackluster? 100%. I have a couple names, Dan, I think that we should look at this summer. I know it's not till July 1st when it kicks off, but there's a sneaky little play, and we need outside shooting. There's a guy in Detroit. I know you know who he is, Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's 34. Mm-hmm. He averaged about 21. He's got one year on his on his deal, about $20 million. He's got a player option, of, I mean, a, a team option for about $2 million the following year. So it's like a one-hit wonder. We give him a shot, and we could probably get him for Evan Fournier and throw Obi in there to make the money work. That's one name I want to throw at you. He, I wouldn't be, he, I wouldn't be opposed shooter. to that. I wouldn't be opposed to that. Nick fans certainly know plenty of him from a couple of years ago against Atlanta in the playoffs when he was there. Uh, not but Atlanta. Team, not him. It's not, it's not, it's not Nick. He's on Atlanta. It's the other Bogdanovich, the one in Detroit. He used to play with Utah. Not him. I'm talking about the one that's in Detroit. Do you remember him? Oh, not the Atlanta. Uh, my fault. My fault. Okay. I know what you're talking about. The one the in Detroit. One. He averaged about 21 a game this year. Bojan. He's 34 years Bo- yeah. Bojan. Maybe I'm pronouncing it. Yeah, the one who looks like he's he about 58 years old. But he's a knockdown shooter, Dan. He can play. He averaged over 20 a game this year. I know it's for Detroit, but he shot over 40% from three. I think like 85% from the free throw line. I mean, he, he's a great shooter. Something we need. A couple of the sneaky names that are out there. Obviously, I know the media has been talking about a lot about KP. I'm not really against it. KP had a phenomenal year. He played about 65 games this year, averaged 23 and almost like seven rebounds. And another sneaky name that's out there that's a free agent, I don't know what you think about it, mm-hmm. because I like Midge, Dan, but it's been four years, Dan. He, it's like playing four against five. He has not developed zero offensive game. You don't have to convince I don't know me. if it's – I mean, it's, it's like to the point, I'm like, are, are you going to get any offensive game from him? I mean, can you get a drum poke? Can you hit a 10-foot jump shot? Four years, he's got nothing. So another name that's out there, he's a 20-10 and 10 guy. I actually brought it up to Alan Hahn about a week ago. Alan said he doesn't like it because he's got slow feet. It's Nikola Vucevic. What do you think I about that name to, also, Dan? I used to be a big Vucevic guy. And, Tino, thanks for the phone call, my friend. I used to like him a lot when he was on Orlando. I remember he'd come in here and have monster games against the Knicks. Monster games. But the last couple of years in Chicago, and it's not like he's it's not like he's even been like a bust. You know, he's been solid. You know, he's a double-double guy. It's not like he was even injury-plagued. He, he's available, all those things. I just, I've cooled on him a little bit. So if you're, here's basically what it comes down to. If you're telling me, and those were the two areas, by the way, that Tino brought up, which I said when the next season ended, they have to upgrade. Shooting, of course, number one. Number two, I want to see a little bit more of a presence down low in the middle because I, 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 I couldn't take what Bam Adebayo was doing to those guys anymore. 
if you're telling me a shooter and a guy like Vucevic, would I be satisfied? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Let's put it this way. If you give me a choice, the team that they just ran out on the floor against the Miami Heat or one that would you know, have a couple of subtractions but the main core is still in place, but let's say if you want to swap out Robinson and put a Vucevic in there, I guess, you know, push comes to shove, I'd probably say yes. I would take it. What's his contract? Let me look that up. He's a free agent. So Vucevic is a free agent. in the. They're not going to have enough money, though, to what he's going to want. I mean, he's going to want probably close to $25 million a year. They're not going to be able to hack that. It's unlikely. But look, I do think that that's probably the reality, right? Like, I mean, the season ended, and, you know, we were all disappointed. And you looked at what they did, and you said, well, you know what? It was a good run. They won around in the playoffs. Now you build off of this. But there's still work to do, right? You can't just run it back with the same group and expect to have better results. But then when you look and see what the Miami Heat have done to the Celtics, damn near came close to sweeping them, right? And and they're going to win the series. But is it crazy to suggest that the top two seeds in the Eastern Conference, Milwaukee, Boston, and the Knicks, those are the three opponents that Miami's had here in these playoffs. Haven't the Knicks given Miami the biggest fight so far? Right? Haven't the Knicks been the ones that have put the biggest dent into the eventual Eastern Conference champions? So that's got to count for something. And you got to wonder when the hierarchy gathered together and they sit there and try to map out what the offseason plan is going to be and what additions they have to make, how much do you think they're going to use that as maybe a basis for what they do or don't do? Maybe they feel they don't have to swing for the fences because of what I just said. Well, we played them tougher than Boston did. We think we could compete. We think we're good. I still think you got to get another score in here. I still think you need to get a guy to be able to take some of the pressure off of Brunson, off of Randall, period. And if it's a number one guy, if it's one of these MVP-type players that have been thrown around early on, I'm all for that. Having too many good players is never a bad thing. And by the way, I meant to bring this up too because it's fresh on my mind. The Western Conference has their own version of Jalen Brunson, even though Jalen Brunson came east to the Knicks when he used to be in the West. You know who that guy is? His name is Jamal Murray. That is like the, the more and more I watch that series unfold, I said Jamal Murray is basically what Jalen Brunson is to the Knicks, right? That's what he is. Murray's a guy who's had to take a back seat to Nikola Jokic. Murray's a guy who I know that, look, injuries, unfortunately, have played a part in his story as well. But the dude's never been an all-star. But yet on these big stages, he finds a way to prove that, you know what, he's a pretty damn good player in his own right. And when he's given the opportunity, when healthy, to run this offense and to do his thing, the dude performs on the biggest stage. 
Jalen Brunson, Jamal Murray, they are the Eastern and Western Conference synonyms to one another. That's what they are. 800-919-3776. We'll close it out on the phones, and we'll hand it off to Gordon and Larry at the top. Grasso with you on a Wednesday, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Back with you tomorrow, but we have one of those dang short shows again because, like I said, the Celtics decided to win last night, so we got a game five of the Eastern Conference Finals, so we'll be on with you from 7 to 8.30 right here on 98.7. Let's say hi to Abe in Jersey up next here on 98.7. What's up, Abe? How are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? Love the show. Thank you, Abe. What's going on? I had a terrible dream about the Knicks. Oh, you got to be kidding. I heard what on- happened. No, listen, listen. They were saying on first take, I think it was Brian Winters was saying that there's the, the serious possibility that LeBron would, would take a year off if the Lakers don't, like, improve. Like, if he doesn't think there's a chance for a championship there. You hear me? Yeah, I so got what you. Happens, that, means, mm-hmm. that means the AD is on the trading block. And the Lakers don't have picks for the next 45 years, and, and the Knicks have, like, a lot of picks for the next 45 years. And there's going to be pressure. And that's going to happen. And I don't think it's working. So what's the worst part of this whole thing? What, what, what bothers you? Like, what's the bad dream? Because he's going to kill the team. Anthony Davis about... is not our answer. So you're going to get another Julius Randle. That's what it is. Another guy that could score and can't play defense. Um, Anthony Davis, a- Anthony Davis could play defense. He's a he rim block. protector. He's block shots. He's not, he he block shots. That's still defense. I don't think he's as bad as Julius Randle. At least Anthony Davis gives you that. But do I think that Anthony Davis would be a fit that I would want in the Knicks? No. The answer is no. And you know something, Abe? I don't know if if that's a direction they would go in, to be honest with you. I really don't. They would have to. I'm saying our fan base is going to – what you said before was a great point, that the teams that – look, all the teams left, it's not that they picked up a star. It's all built. It's chemistry. Mm -hmm. Meaning it doesn't Remember, work. You can't just pl- it's not you can't just plug in a star. No. It didn't work with the Nets. It didn't work with the Suns. Now they don't work with the Mavs. It doesn't work. You can't do it. You can't. Remember, Nikola Jokic was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial in the second round. Mm-hmm. Never forget that. Yeah, yeah. Never forget uh, no, that. And for, the, and, and for those that don't, don't know, know what I'm talking about, you know, in, in the draft, the draft is long, and so especially the second round, it gets tedious. You may not know all the guys. They aren't household names. And he got a lot of foreigners. So once upon a time, the year that Jokic was drafted on ESPN, ESPN took a commercial during that part of the second round, and they were in the middle of a Taco Bell commercial. And then on the bottom line, the ticker, the pick came in for the Nuggets' current selection, no, uh, um, Nikola Jokic, Serbia. So, you know, the internet ran wild with that, so it will always show. And, you know, when the Nuggets win a championship here in a couple of weeks, and he's probably the finals MVP, just remember, finals MVP, champion, two-time MVP, was drafted during a Taco Bell commercial way back when. Mike in New York City, up next here on 98.7. Let's hear from him real quick. Mike, how are you? I'm doing fine, Dan. I love your show, by the way. Thank you, Michael. What's up? Oh, you're welcome. I'm calling to disagree with your point about Jamal Murray and Jalen Brunson, the comparison you made before your last commercial break. Mm-hmm. If you re- if you remember, Jamal Murray played at Kentucky one year and was a lottery pick. He's supposed to be this good. 
whereas Jalen Brunson played four years at, at uh, Villanova, and he was a mid-second-round pick. So if anything, Jalen Brunson did what people didn't expect. He evolved into this player. Jamal Murray from day one was this player. You know, he just got hurt after the bubble, but he was tearing up the uh, bubble. But um, that's a bad comparison. Jamal Murray is supposed to be this kind of player and has turned out to be, whereas Brunson is a complete surprise. So that was kind of an odd comparison. Well, now, the reason I said it, Mike, and I thank you for the phone call. I got to go because I got to say goodbye here. But what have you done in the NBA? Right? That's the point I'm trying to make. What they've done in the NBA. Their careers in the NBA, at least, have had little fanfare. Forget where they were drafted. Brunson won two championships in college. He's player of the year. You know what I'm saying? He had a pretty good college career himself. Wasn't drafted maybe to where you thought he should have been drafted. And in hindsight, there would have been a major do-over. But just in terms of both guys never made an all-star team. And now on the big stage, they're starting to make names for themselves again and getting it done for their respective teams. That's why I made that comparison. But I still take Brunson over. Murray, by the way. All right, that's it for us tonight. It was fun to get back in the saddle. Thanks to Joe. Thanks to Harvey. We're back with you again tomorrow, 7 o'clock, right after TMKS. Gordon and Larry up next, everybody. Enjoy the rest of your night here on 98.7 ESPN.